0: I got you. I got you. Hey, Doug, how you doing? Good. Nice to see you guys. It's been a long time. All right. Yeah. Hey, man. Last time you was on here was twenty fifteen. Been a while. <laughs> so wait a minute, man. Are you up in Chicago area? Chicago area, western suburbs. Probably. Oh boy. What's it like? What's it like up there in the windy city?
1: It's it's getting a little weird. It's uh, kind of going left. Very lefty up here. Distinct uh, political change. Uh,
0: Downtown seems like it's a lot different than it used to be. Well, it seems like it already—it seems like it already was left.
1: But it's—it's it's, it's really going left. Like, uh, just—I used to work downtown a couple of years ago, and it had a distinctly different feel. Like I wasn't really welcome there. It was not the Chicago I grew up in. I think there's something going on in the Chicago area—a very powerful left-wing upsurge uh, that might be politically significant in our future.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, your book. Got it right here. Planet X, The Sign of the Son of Man, and the End of the Age. Doug, are we close? Close to the end? Yeah, close to the end.
1: I think so. More uh, we see the nation versus nation, kingdom versus kingdom,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think we're seeing the precursors of that now with the social struggles and the problems with the, the vaccine and the, uh, the problem related to the the disease, uh, mm-hmm. COVID, that's the precursor to kind of herding us into a direction they want us to go. And so we have to be concerned about that and start planning ahead about possibly having to leave the city centers and lead to the wilderness, just like you say in Revelation 12. Mm. And so um, if you haven't built a place to go to in case of an emergency out in the wilderness, away from the cities,
0: mm-hmm.
1: probably a good idea to do so now.
0: Um, what do you say the, the wilderness, where, where is that?
1: I don't know. I was thinking of the women in the wilderness in, Genesis, in the Revelation 12. And wilderness would basically be anywhere that's not the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now the wilderness described in Revelation 12 is actually referring to really the United States. And uh, that's where uh, the Uranus are going to flee in the end times, to mm-hmm. hide from the forces of the dragon. And uh, there'll be a place prepared for them there. And I think mm-hmm. maybe that time is coming soon. People like uh, Jim Baker and folks like that are beginning to prepare that as we speak and I think they understand what's happening and are the men for the times preparing for what's about to happen mm-hmm. my theory is is that uh, Christianity will be largely um, unav- unable to s- uh, occupy certain parts of the country they might have to leave mm-hmm. some one of the more liberal areas in the next five to ten years it might be there's something very serious coming up like I mentioned in Chicago mm-hmm. distinctly different feel about it so I actually a couple of years ago I started having uh, kind of visions and very deep feelings about this area, that there was distinctly very powerful evil forces moving into here. Wow. And so um, and I still think that. And so I've been planning on moving west, probably the Ozarks area, either Missouri or Arkansas. But mm-hmm. I think the last redoubt of Christianity will probably take place
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the United States, if not the world.
0: Um so do you feel like you have like an unction or what do, you, what do you feel is going on there?
1: I don't want to get too far into it because I had some very strange visions back in 2019, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Um, basically, I, had, I was visited by some powerful demons. Whoa. And they um, warned me of what was, something was coming. Um, and I think the COVID was, what, was part of what they were warning about, even though they didn't specifically say uh, I believe I was in a very powerful spiritual attack, I mean very powerful by high level people. I don't want to get too into it because it's kind of weird, but uh, uh, it was a very interesting experience. And uh, if you're interested in doing, talking about it offline something, sometime I'd be happy to discuss it with you. But I'm convinced yeah. that this area is going to be taken over by the radical left and powerful satanic forces.
0: Okay, and so you had visions? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And they were very... It a, it's, it's
1: like a waking dream, it's kind of interesting. Um, it was like a television set that kind of propped up to my left side it was like a TV screen I mm-hmm. saw this a couple of different things one of which I can talk about here is it looked like there were some for lack of a better term evil monks uh, drinking blood out of golden chalices and cursing my name or cursing me by name and I was sick very very sick for several days before that and afterwards for like 10 days and then uh, I saw a vision of Jesus up to my right same situation he was sitting up in heaven, and he was up there. He had this like, he was like sitting on this pavilion. There's like a, a step, and another step to a high pavilion. He was kind of sitting on the first step, and he would look around, and there was like this beam of light would come out of his out of his head. That's like a like a white laser, and then I knew in my heart he was fixing things with this thing. He would look over here, and look over here, and he looked at me, and the, the laser went right here, and suddenly I knew all the problems I was having from these divine forces was gone. And after that, I had no problems since that time, but, um, maybe I was just out of it. I don't know, but it was so real. I mean, it was almost as real as you are right now. Mm. That's how real it was. S- so I, I just wanted to talk about that. and mention that the, since you mentioned what's like in Chicago,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, my answer is not good.
0: Mm. Uh, now I've heard a number of people talk about Missouri and the Arkansas area as being mm. sort of, uh, last bastions of, uh, livability I suppose one might say that really there's a lot of forest there and an untamed wilderness really in the middle of the country it's kind of odd that it still exists um, right so but I uh, mean when you talk about you say the west side of Chicago basically
1: all the Chicago area. okay I think the suburbs but it, hasn't
0: well. hasn't Chicago pretty much been like you're describing forever I mean is is it just getting worse I know you got they got that crazy weird old weird looking Lori Lightfoot, I, I don't know, she's a man or a woman, I don't know what's going on there, but it's gross, whatever, whatever's going on <laughs> with her.
1: but <laughs> That's just part of the deal. Um, when I was working downtown, I was working on a contract at a, at a major healthcare provider as it's a web developer, and when I was walking around downtown, I had a distinct feeling that I was simply not welcome there anymore. I was walking up uh, Michigan Avenue one time, right in the middle, like around Madison, and there were gang members sitting around, giving you know, glaring at me, saying, "You know, you used to never see gang members that that far north. There they are hanging out right by the you know, city central. And so when that when they penetrate that far, that means something's up. Mm-hmm. That means the police are not pushing back. That means they more or less own that territory. We're not talking about the south side or the west side. We're talking about right downtown, the wealthiest area of Chicago. And gang members are hanging out there, glaring at people who don't fit in."
0: And that would be you?
1: Yeah. I'm like the exact opposite of the, the downtown. Even right. though I like the downtown, I, I've worked on that for years.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I had the distinct feeling I was no longer welcome.
0: Wow. All right, Bob, we have on our uh, newsmaker line tonight, uh, Doug Elwell, talking about uh, his book, Planet X, The Sign of the Son of Man and the End of the Age. Uh, Doug, there's... Uh... A lot of things coming down from the stars, uh, like Chinese rockets is coming down. Now we're going to have Planet X. But I know you say that you're not necessarily saying that Planet X will smash in, as being, say, smashing in Earth. But it's more like maybe a debris field of some sort smashing in the Earth.
1: Yes, Planet X will not pass close to us, I don't think. I think it'll probably alter its orbit sufficiently to come near to us. But I don't think that it'll come smashing into us. Well, Planet X, it normally uh, comes into the asteroid belt area, where it comes to its closest point to the sun. That's where the Earth, original Earth, used to orbit. And then uh, when it smashed, Planet X with one of its satellites and moved it closer to the sun where it is now. Planet mm-hmm. Earth, Earth actually formed in the fourth position from the sun, not the third. And that's where the asteroid belt is. The asteroid belt is the debris left over from that collision. And so, uh, but when Planet X comes back in, it actually carries a debris field before and after it, and when it comes through, probably some of those pieces of debris are actually ripped off of its, around its uh, orbit around it, and are flown in all different kinds of directions, and uh, probably when it passes by Jupiter or maybe Saturn, and so whenever Planet X comes in near, close to Earth, uh, to its uh, closest point to the Sun, there's all kinds of asteroids and comets and all kinds of, stuff flying all over the inner solar system, that's why you have all kinds of asteroids hitting the Earth every 2,000 years or so. Mm-hmm.
0: So has, now. I saw somebody in the live chat ask this question basically, is Nibiru and Planet X the same thing?
1: Nibiru is the Sumerian term for Planet X. That um, means uh, what, you cross this. And it talks about the planet, uh, is it actually something that crosses over the orbits of the outer planets? Which indicates it's a long orbit which takes it out of our solar system in and out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Probably 10 to 1 ratio at least for planet X in terms of width versus uh, uh, You know, length. you know, it's like an ellipse which is shaped like this Mm -hmm. It's like a long flat circle takes it in and out of our solar system And so as a result it crosses over the planets orbits rather than being a circle around uh, the Sun So as a result it crosses over and that's the term Nibiru he who crosses over Mm -hmm. And it's seen as a planet that actually shepherds the planets it actually modifies the orbits And characteristics over time and so that's why we have if you look at the planets all of the uh, planets from earth on outwards they'll have ring systems satellites significant axial tilts um, major geographic features on the um, the um, rocky terrestrial planets Mm -hmm. but if you look at uh, Mercury and Venus Mercury and Venus actually uh, have none of these characteristics and so it indicates that probably at the Uh, The planet that came into our solar system Interfered with planets as far in as Earth, and possibly Mars, but didn't go go in as far as Mercury and Venus, meaning Um, And then that's a clue that probably planet X came in as close as Earth uh, Which would explain a lot of the anomalies of Earth, because otherwise we can't explain the axial tilt rotation rate very rapid rotation rate and all the existence of uh, oceans, uh, all the inner uh, near-Earth asteroids, the comets, The Planet X theory I propose actually solves all of those questions.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, The fact that Mercury and Venus don't have all these characteristics indicates that they weren't interfered with. So it's kind of a proof of the existence of Planet X and how far it came into our solar system. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Rose asks this question, says, do they have aliens on Planet X?
1: It's possible that Planet X is actually a host of an ancient civilization. And it might even be the throne of God. Some people are saying that's actually a throne. Well, I don't think it's more like a military base, but it might be that uh, much of the uh, fighting in the inner solar system between angels and demons, if you will, is actually uh, fighting for control of the planet and its resources. So, Probably the planet's ice cold and probably not very uh, hospitable because it spends most of its time well outside our solar system. Mm-hmm. But when it enters into the solar system, it becomes very bright, like you see there. That, uh, that is a picture of Nebirol with the great wings in a central um, kind of uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that, that halo. That halo, those, w- those wavy lines, by the way, are actually, that indicates water.
2: Yeah.
1: So the Sumerians knew that it was actually, um, those great wings are actually a comet tails, and the comet tails are made of water. And they barely knew that, because they drew the symbol for water to indicate this is the source of these wings and tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Planet X is such a huge object. It has uh, at the bow shock of the uh, solar wind that hits it, Spreads it out to the sides and the bottom so it looks like it actually has wings and a tail mm. And so uh, all of the major uh, depictions of uh, the great gods of the, the high gods of the pantheons They were always sky gods. They were always associated with a star mm-hmm. And they always had these two wings and a tail And sometimes they had uh, what appeared to be a human being or a, an anthropomorphic person With a bow sitting on top of the uh thing. Uh, the, or, or a monster, for example, the Persians, was mm-hmm. actually depicted that way. Mm-hmm. Pretty much like that winged disc, but also
2: mm-hmm.
1: there was a man sitting on top of it, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: you probably seen some of those books like by Zechariah Sitchin, The Twelve mm-hmm.
0: Planet.
1: Yeah. He shows a number of instances where every time this object is depicted, it always looks like uh, a disc with wings and a tail. Mm.
0: All right. Um, Doreen says, uh, Doug, will we see Planet X this year?
1: No, we won't see Planet X this year. My theory, my belief about Planet X is it actually doesn't appear until the middle of the Tribulation. Um, the reason is that um, it says in the sixth seal, I believe it's chapter 5 that it talks about how people uh, are looking up in the, into the sky and seeing the throne of God approaching, literally. I believe that's what it says in, in Revelation. And that's when they hide themselves under the rocks and in caves and things from the wrath of the Lamb. They're saying, there he is. They can actually see something far away in space coming towards Earth. That is, a, that is a great threat to Earth. So something is in the sky that they can actually see.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and it's probably the same thing as the sign of the Son of Man described in Matthew 24:30, 30, where um, the sign of the Son of Man will appear and all the tribes of the Earth shall mourn, meaning something that will be very, very scary appears in the sky
2: mm-hmm.
1: sometime during the tribulation, probably around the middle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm guessing um, right after the, the, the church is martyred, the, the fifth seal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You have the sixth seal, which is the judgment of the Earth and the, staying of the winds, while the 145,000 are marked and set aside. Um, by the way, the only way you could stay the winds is by start, stopping the rotation of the Earth. And how they will do that is probably there's so many uh, asteroids striking the Earth in a particular direction, probably contrary to Earth's rotation. It'll cause the Earth's uh, mantle, or Earth, the Earth's crust to dislodged from the mantle, and actually cause it to stop or possibly even move backwards for a while. Mm. That's what stops uh, the winds it actually stops the rotation of earth's crust temporarily. So there's no wind blowing in any tree or anything mm-hmm, like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me put a hypothesis past you. Um, Matthew 24, I, I believe it says, uh, so as the days of Noah, so shall it be when the son of man comes in, they were given in marriage and marriage and eating and drinking. And then, um, but in, in the days of Noah, I believe there were giants. Now you talk a lot about giants yourself, but if we speed that up today, well, some people, I mean, I think Steve Kwame among, among them said there will actually be actual giants walking around. Other people, certainly they found enough bones in some of these old graves, but they seem to be dead. But there mm-hmm. is one entity or group of entities that are known as giants today. It's not the military. It's not, there's not a military giant. It's not, there's not an educational giant. There's not a government giant. But there is tech giants, and everybody refers to them as tech giants. Could those possibly be in and, and those tech giants Doug seem to have control over a hell of a lot of stuff and everybody seems to have to be obedient to them or they will counsel you. They have a lot of power. Could it possibly be that the tech giants are the giants of today that are just really made because they seem to have the same kind of knowledge as the ancients did as well.
1: Right. What we're seeing with the tech giants, particularly Apple computers are trying to reproduce the world before the flood. Um, one of my theories is that, um, uh, the Garden of Eden was actually not only just the Garden of Trees, it was actually a garden full of Plovu called Computers. Uh, the description, and I believe it's Ezekiel 28, and also in the, uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, both talk about the Garden of Eden as that a cave on the ground with these uh, trees made of jewels. And these jewels had knowledge in them that people could access. I think what we're doing is we're reproducing the Garden of Eden, which was technological in nature. In fact, um, when uh, You know, the symbol for um, Apple computers is actually an apple with a bite taken out of it, which should be a clue that that that's what their intention is. Mm -hmm. They're trying, they've taken that bite out of the apple of knowledge and they're applying it. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, the the apple was actually not a real apple, it was actually knowledge. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: that knowledge of technology and things like that, we are actually finishing up a many thousands of years long plan by Satan to enslave us to a technological uh, situation where he can control us and make us do what he wants Mm -hmm. us to do. And basically enslave mankind, giving us what appears to be nice gifts but are actually designed to enslave us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, regarding the giants, that is actually a form of technology too. It's genetic technology. And so, uh, what we're talking about with the giants is um, not just for uh, tall and strong and fast people. Gen- giants is about any kind of genetic manipulation, make them taller, smaller, uh, better, thinner, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Not just tall. The Giants, most of them, were, were gigantic and stash. A
0: tranny? Would tranny be one?
1: A tranny?
0: Yeah.
1: A tranny would be probably um, probably Messed. genetic accidents during experimentation.
0: Messed up. Um, by the way, uh, we got a lot of people watching the show, and they, they said your, your information is very valuable, and they request you slow down a little bit because I think you, okay. are, I mean, you are putting out some stuff and they want to hear every bit of it. Of course, they can watch it over, but to slow down a little bit there and we're going to get this information out to them. All right, Azure says, Doug, can you subscribe to the opinion that Planet X is actually Jupiter?
1: Jupiter is a well-known planet and um, it doesn't really, ha- it has a, like a, a circular orbit. And so I don't think that would qualify as Planet X. Planet X mm-hmm. is a very much... Uh, a hidden object in our solar system, which even astronomers have had a very hard time finding because of all the debris that was left in orbit around it after the uh, impact event that left Earth uh, shattered and moved to a new location Mm -hmm. closer to the sun. Mm -hmm. And so um, Planet X will not be visible to normal telescopes. They could probably only look at uh, gravitational influences. Uh, So long and short to Jupiter, no. That's a well-known star, well-known planet that uh, would not qualify as a Planet X type object.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Brower says, Doug, are there any actual pictures of Planet X?
1: I don't know. I haven't seen any yet. All I know is that uh, the latest uh, information on its location is somewhere west of the horns of, or the face of the constellation of Taurus.
0: Well, I got a picture. What's of it.
1: happening is uh, that I actually saw that on the uh, app Star Walk 2, uh, which is interesting because I predicted that in my book, on Chapter 7, that Jesus actually encoded the location of Planet X uh, his, his sign in the heavens, whether it's Planet X or something else, mm-hmm. that will appear uh, somewhere west of the face of uh, the constellation of Taurus. Mm-hmm. I figured that out by when he said in Revelation 2 and 3, I think it is, um, that he's talking about the seven churches, which are also seven stars in the sky. Uh, the seven churches are located in northwest uh, Turkey, which was in ancient times was associated with the constellation of Taurus. And so as a result, uh, Northwestern Turkey, um, what well, they probably located those plant those uh, churches there because they were trying to mirror the stars in the sky, mm-hmm. uh, as being in the constellation of Taurus. And so, what Jesus was saying was, is the constellation of Taurus has a, a group of um, stars called the Hyades, which is in the face of the uh, bull, the same location as in um, Turkey. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's saying is, just as these churches are on the earth in the sky. Uh, nearby those churches in the sky, I will make my appearance, and I think actually what they're saying is he'll make his appearance west of the of the Hyades in the face of the bull, Taurus, uh, around probably around the where the Isle of Patmos so the island of Patmos was a marker in the sky on the earth which correlates to a marker in the sky as to where Jesus will return in the second coming, which is west of the face of Taurus, mm-hmm. or on the earth it's west of um, uh, northwestern Turkey and an island of Patmos just off the coast. All right. So it'll appear just west of the face.
0: All right. This question came in. It says, is Planet X a planet or a smaller companion to our sun?
1: Uh, planet X is an actual planet. I don't know if it's a companion. It depends really on what how it's composed. I mean, if you think it formed along the same time at the same time in like a binary sun system. Uh, then it would be a companion, but if it was captured, which it most likely was, then it would not be. Uh, it looks like it was captured because the outer planets, Uranus and Neptune, show strong evidence of having gravitational interactions with some kind of object that inter, inter- that penetrated our solar system from beneath. So this this is the plane of the ecliptic. Something came in like this, and the uh, planet Uranus was actually tilted over on its side as a result of this gravitational interaction. And they believe this and possibly interactions with planet Neptune actually pulled planet X into our solar system into an orbit around the sun. Uh, that is what, the only thing that could have done that to Uranus and Neptune, both of which have significant characteristics. Uh, Uranus mm-hmm. is also heavily tilted and has all mm-hmm. kinds of weird stuff going on with mm-hmm. its, its uh, satellites. Mm-hmm. And they've also determined that um, Pluto was actually originally a satellite of Neptune before it was ripped out of its orbit by a, a massive object that passed close by Neptune. Oh, so, on. Planet X fit all those characteristics. The Planet X-sized object, three to ten times the size of the Earth, or the mass, more accurately, mm-hmm. entering the solar system from beneath, and then as it became captured by us by the gravitational pull of the outer planets, it caused a great deal of damage to them, to the point where even some of their satellites were ripped out of orbit and given independent orbits like Pluto. Mm-hmm. And that's why they they no longer call Pluto a planet because they believe it was actually originally a satellite of Neptune which was uh, torn out of Neptunian orbit by Planet X.
0: Mm. Alrighty, uh, Jim Shook asked this question. He said, hey, Doug, have you read Tom Horn's book, The Wormwood Prophecy? If so, what do you think that rock is, pl- do you think that rock is Planet X?
1: No, that's just a, uh, that's uh, actually a, a regular asteroid. Uh, it might impact Earth and it might be Wormwood. Mm-hmm. I think that the Wormwood is actually part of the original Earth that was just des- destroyed and thrown up into space. Uh, uh, the original Earth and possibly massive asteroids that struck uh, during the time of the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. A lot of material would have been uh, pulverized and thrown up into space. A lot of dinosaurs would have been destroyed and turned into powdered dinosaur, basically. And so that material is still floating around in space. And a lot of the, uh, the plant life the material, um, uh, wormwood is actually something called Artemisia Ardemycia absinthe, which is actually a, a naturally occurring plant which is used to create absinthe, which is a uh, a form of alcohol, which has oh. uh, psychedelic characteristics. Mm-hmm. What I think what they're talking about with the wormwood is actually a piece of earth that falls back down to Earth, um, having been super concentrated as a result of being pulverized and heavily burned by the impact of an asteroid. And it was burned down and turned into powder form and concentrated. So when it falls back onto Earth, it reconstitutes with Earth's hydrosphere, all the water and enters into the lakes and the rivers and poisons them with super concentrated absinthe. So the people who are drinking the water of that time will actually be drinking basically instant absinthe. And it'll be super powerful psychedelic and they'll basically go crazy because of the intense psychedelic rush this would give them. It would make them maybe both drunk and also very, (laughs) very bad trip. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. That's what yeah. actually happened.
2: Wow. This
1: is basically um, chemical warfare but that uh, God is using on mankind at this time. <laughs> He's literally driving them crazy, <laughs> so they can't defend themselves.
0: So is, is God going is, is to exact any kind of judgment with the Planet X? Is that, is that any part of that?
1: Planet X, I don't know. As soon as the Earth will reel to and fro like a booth, and there's some other things like it mentions that the day of the Lord will be seven oh, hold, times
0: greater. Hold, 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 like I read it to and fro like a drunkard. What, what did you say? A booth. A booth.
1: A booth is actually probably they were talking about. Um, I think that's the King James. They were probably talking about uh, when they had uh, the annual festival uh, commemorating uh, the, uh, uh, Yahweh's battle against the dragon and his victory mm-hmm. over the dragon, which is believed by many to have been uh, taking place over time. Uh, and in the, in the ancient, in the ancient Near East, it was believed that, uh, the most high God of any pantheon, they always fought a dragon, defeated it and created uh, earth out of its head and heaven out of its tail. And that was true of the Hebrews, many believe. And so when they were talking about uh, the booth, they were probably talking about maybe like, um, uh, possibly like a pantomime, uh, dragon that was tossed around back and forth while it's being defeated by a pantomime deity like God. Mm-hmm. that's what the ancient uh, Mesopotamians used to do they'd actually have these giant pantom, gods and goddesses and the dragon would be in just like a mm-hmm. parade
2: mm-hmm.
1: so the, 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 uh, the ancient uh, New Year festival called the Akitu festival in ancient mm-hmm. Babylon they would actually um, have a parade and, and, a, and a festival and su- singing and, and combat it was there basically a combination of New Year's Day and, and, and um, Christmas and the Super Bowl all in one it was a very all in one kind of New Year's thing and mm-hmm. the Hebrews did a similar thing. So they were probably talking about this kind of pantomime where they played out where the you know, the Earth would be rocked back and forth by this disastrous event that happened not only in the in the beginning, but it also happened in the end times. Mm-hmm. When Planet X will probably class close enough to Earth to affect it gravitationally and possibly alter its orbit somewhat. And maybe uh, even cause it to Is, is there
0: an eclipse is there an eclipse this month, Doug? I don't really follow eclipses, I don't know. Okay, uh, Azura says, "Are we ultimately looking at a twin star coming into our solar system, or a twin solar system?"
1: Um, it's not even a star; it's a planet. It's a substantial planet with a large number of uh, with a large number of um, moons. It has about eleven different satellites, mm-hmm. four of which are terrestrial, and seven of which are uh, gaseous. Mm-hmm. And it also has another 24 lesser satellites. Mm-hmm. I talked. I was thinking that the appearance of the of the throne of God in Revelation 4, I think it is, or maybe it's five. I keep forgetting. Um, is actually the description of Planet X as it appears in the heavens, because mm-hmm. it's actually very similar to the appearance of Marduk described in Enuma Elish,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where um, he's also surrounded by 11 different, they're called winds. And so uh, Jesus, uh, the throne of God, is a surround, surrounded by uh, these 11 winds. The four Beasts and these seven spirits of God that burn like candles for a total of 11. So I think what they're seeing there is actually talking about 11 total satellites. Mm-hmm. These huge satellites which surround planet X which are very fearsome in their own right. More than that, they also have additional 24 satellites plus those huge wings. You can imagine something like that mm-hmm. coming to, right towards you. Not just not just this planet, the planet with the huge wings plus 11 massive satellites. Mm-hmm going right for you. In fact, when it comes close enough, it's so bright that it actually reflects the light of the sun, so it's seven times harder than
0: usual. Doug, I heard, uh, or I read, that uh, they may use the Space Force, Donald Trump's Space Force, to blow out this piece of crap, Chinese piece of junk that's falling out of the sky because they can't build a rocket. Is it possible (laughs) that the Space Force could be used to blast Planet X if it gets too near? Space Force
1: is being used to Space force is being built to fight against the uh, army that Jesus is going to be bringing. They're building a force to defend Earth wow. against Jesus' second coming.
0: Okay, are you going to be in that for- Are you going to be in the Jesus Space Force?
1: Of course. <laughs> yeah, I'll be one of the the uh, fighting angels mm-hmm. uh, on
0: Jesus' side. You said you are near Chicago and outside West Side. Do you hear gunshots when you're up there?
1: No, I've never heard a gunshot in Chicago. But I think I got—I think a train I was driving got shot once. Mm, okay. It was a really loud noise, and it probably was like a. Pretty heavy
0: round. Okay, uh, I'm not going to talk. I was going to ask something stupid like, "Is is Lori Lightfoot a man or woman?" We'll move on from that. Um, Doreen says, "Doug, is the coronavirus from Planet X?" And a lot of people think that the the Cooties 19 virus is an off world construct. Is it just men going crazy down here? Crazy scientists trying to kill everybody off, or is there aliens trying to clean this planet out so they can come down and take over?
1: It looks like. Uh actually probably, yes, if, you, if the New World Order is apparently trying to reduce the population down to 500 million, and this mm-hmm. would be one way to do it, is to spread out viruses. Uh, you saw what they did with this, uh, this coronavirus, how mm-hmm. devastating that was to our economies, and how people were so cowed by it. Um, you can imagine a virus that was actually lethal, mm-hmm. uh, really lethal, how de- devastating that would be. And so they will probably figure out uh, how the coronavirus spread as a uh, an example of how to, to send the next one, which will be much more devastating, I'm
2: guessing. Mm-hmm.
1: And some have speculated that, that the um, the vaccine is actually making us weaker, so that when the next virus comes around, we'll actually be weaker um, than rather than stronger. So that's part of the reason I decided not to take it,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: won't be taking it unless I have to.
0: Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, I can see this video is going to be banned from YouTube. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I got I got two more weeks in uh, level one youtube violations before (laughs) really
1: yeah congratulations
0: yeah oh yeah i wear it like a badge of honor i say, come on you bunch of bunch of skinny jeans wearing latte drinking segway riding vaping tattooed pink-haired freaks come on with it i mean them them people didn't build this country they don't know nothing they get rid of the normal people that built this country they're gonna be sitting in piles of ashes like out there in, in uh uh Uh, san francisco and whatnot but hey uh i heard heard that venice venice beach the venerable venice beach california is just just a giant tent city with stabbings and lootings and burnings and stuff i mean hey here's what i'm thinking doug i don't want the californicators fanning out across the country with their ideas because now they're all mad especially those rich people down there in venice beach but uh, so i mean there's a lot of things going on with, with with the cooties 19 and uh um, and you're right about that. I think that the vaccine was rolled out so fast that herb, herd immunity was not achieved. It shortcutted the natural order of things. And those people that got it just basically killed off their immune system. And when when that variant comes by, they're gonna get hit twice as hard and they're gonna have to come up with another vaccine. Of course, I've already, I, I wrote the script, okay? Tell me if this script rings true. Yeah. We've had a second variant and uh, it looks like it, it probably was caused because some people did not get vaccinated. Uh, These people need to be ordered into a compound immediately for vaccinations and re education. And, you know, by the way, India has a massive uh, Cooties 19 variant outbreak. But, yeah, I heard. Isn't that strange? India loves Donald Trump. 100,000 people came out to see him and had miles long parade. The entire city for miles was decorated with his and plastered with his pictures and flowers everywhere because they love freedom and now they're paying a price. Is that my imagination, Doug, or is there some kind of connection going on here?
1: They're using that, the, you know, I think you're right on target there. India is definitely a friend of ours, and um, we have very close ties and high levels in technology, especially. And so it would make perfect sense for the New World Order. We're basically radical leftists and hyper-socialists mm-hmm. to try to, to discipline them and bring them back in line. mind. Well, well agenda
0: if Cooties 19 them. is designed to depopulate um, our bear report, he was talking about Mother's Day, and the, and the first mother I thought about was Bill Gates, uh, but I noticed his marriage has got depopulated from two to one. Right. so uh, <laughs> how, do I, how I got that in there, Doug, only I could do that. Only I could make that kind of connection. Nobody else right. would even think about that. All right, so here you go. Um, Kath asks, "When will the asteroids arrive?": the Asteroids
1: are probably already arriving. We've see an in increase in asteroid activity around the world. The closer planet X comes the more uh, it will be uh, Become active and it'll become like almost like daily rain once it's coming towards its closest pure point There'll be lots and lots of material falling all over the earth and so um, you see for example in, in the sixth seal there's just Rocks falling all over the world
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so uh, it'll become a common occurrence so the closer planet X come the more you'll have asteroidal mm-hmm. and common material passing by or even striking the earth
0: well that's interesting Doug I was, I was just thinking is it revelation where it says that in the end times they will cry out for the rocks to fall on them and here you go you got asteroids so I guess their wish is is God's command and that the rocks will follow on these people
1: yeah probably are so bad at that point that they'd rather be killed by the rocks than endure the pain of existence
0: mm-hmm. all right and then we have this question here is there a mathematical equation that can determine the arrival of Planet X, or at least within a year time frame, uh, if so or not, can you give your prediction on its arrival?
1: I can't predict its uh, second coming or its, its, its return. Uh, it, you can index it based on the, uh, the Temple's rebuilding. When the Temple starts being rebuilt, that's when the Tribulation period starts. You have that seven-year treaty signed. Planet X will probably return right around the middle of the Tribulation period at least it'll become visible from Earth. It's already creeping us up on us now. Mm-hmm. And if it is what I think it is, my theory is that it actually is, the end times is kind of all about Planet X, actually. Jesus Jesus being first, but Planet X is second, because um, it's the primary weapon God will use to judge the Earth. And so uh, it's kind of literally like a war of the world. It's almost like the Death Star in Star Wars, which in my opinion was actually written and, and filmed purposely to... Uh, train people to fight against the second coming of Christ mm-hmm. and this big planet which is coming with them. And so um, what, what is actually happening is in the Star Wars mythology, everything is reversed. The rebels are the good guys and the bad guy and the bad guys are Jesus, you know, God the Father and God the Son. So God the Father is portrayed by this evil emperor and God the Son is portrayed as Darth Vader, this mm-hmm. awful person. Mm-hmm. And so they're portraying it as the bad guys are coming from outer space in their, in their big planet which is capable of destroying the Earth with this huge weapon. And so a planet act- might actually pass close enough to Earth to discharge an electrical bolt between the two planets, uh, which is what they are, they are warning about. It might actually form what is called a plasma torch, which is um, electrical uh, a plasma passing between the two poles of the planets, north and south, which might be what's uh, referred to when they say the angels come down with their sickles to reap the harvest of the Earth there's going to be what appear to be these giant sickles passing from the poles of planet X and Earth, if planet X comes close Mm -hmm. enough to do that. In which case, I would explain what the two sickles are. They're actually this uh, plasma discharge going between the two planets as they pass by. And probably what will happen is the negative um, plasma arc will draw uh, those who who are to be resurrected. And the positive plasma arc will destroy those who God doesn't want. And so, it, you know, that's why they have two, two angels with two sickles one which harvests the earth and brings up the believers which is the resurrection and the second one uses it to destroy those who destroyed the earth and, and his people mm-hmm. and so that makes sense if you have a negative and a positive arc of electrons or a huge amount of energy passing between these two planets anything that got in between in, in the way of the positive charge would be just instantly mm-hmm. evaporated mm-hmm. and so I think that's what's going to happen that's one of the way God will judge the earth is they'll use these, this plasma charge between the two planets to literally erase huge amounts of, of people, probably most likely the armies to, that are gathered uh, at Armageddon.
0: They're <laughs> <laughs> going to use a plasma charge to get rid of people?
1: Yeah, well, if a planet did, did pass by Earth, it would actually discharge wow. electricity.
0: Sound like a vapor That plasma is get, actually
1: passed between the poles. The Earth, they get right? vaporized. They're going to
0: get vaporized, right. what you're saying. Uh, do you think uh, the vaccine is any kind of code? Because people say that it's it it's, it it changes your DNA, uh, your cell structure. Maybe makes you less human. You know, get terms like nanobots and stuff like that going on. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in fact, somebody said some military guy said that he was injected with nanobots, and he said it was multiplying inside of him and creating a new him. I don't know who said that. I heard it, but I think I need to get that guy on the show. So there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on with that. But if we are marked, and I'm sort of an internal mark of what makes us human, our DNA mm. st- structure, uh, is that going to, are we going to get blocked at the gates of heaven?
1: Uh, the gates of heaven will be blocked because um, we'll be transformed into a spiritual form. Um, part of the reason that Jesus is going to resurrect us is because He knows. Uh, because of this warfare, this genetic warfare that's been going on since the beginning between the seeds of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Uh, mm-hmm. The serpent always wins because it's so much easier to corrupt than it is to cleanse. And so, like it was in the days of Noah, the Satan, Satan's approach to using genetic warfare by corrupting mankind genetically mm-hmm. eventually ended up winning because um, it was easier to not only create genetically modified uh, beings like giants, those giants would win in wars against normal homo sapiens most of the time. And it also says in Genesis 6 that the, the giants took as many wives as they wish, means they propagated with many different women and then spread their seed everywhere that way. And so they, they multiplied much more rapidly than homo sapiens, because homo sapiens was restricted to a monogamous marriage. They, weren't able, they were not able to make warfare, they were able to steal and kill, because they didn't have the laws that were restricting homo sapiens, like the laws of God. And so that eventually, they, they attrited down Homo sapiens, mankind, down to the point where there's only eight people left. And those are the ones who entered the ark, and then God sent the flood to destroy the giants and all of their works, which, by the way, were not only genetic modification of people, but also of animals and of plants. Exactly the way we're seeing things now. And so God had to wipe out everything because it had become corrupted and mm-hmm. could not be reused.
0: Well, does the, does the vaccine have been modified so much. Does does the vaccine corrupt humans in the order of pre- Noah flood?
1: Yes, that's we're seeing the beginning of the pre-Noah flood, uh, Nephilim type stuff. This is what it is. Mm. We are being modified. we are prepared for a final modification which will to turn mankind mm. into a slave race of cyborgs that'll be controlled by a
0: central computer. Mm. Wow. I guess, the, it, it, my, I wonder if the modification includes Joe Biden. I wonder if his curly leg hairs turn into straight leg hairs. Mm. All right, mm. let's get to this question here. Uh, from Geo it says, Doug, will Planet X cause a pole shift? If so, what will happen if it does?
1: A pole shift, maybe. If it passes close enough to um, do that electrical discharge in the plasma I mentioned, it might actually cause the poles, the magnetic poles, to flip. It might actually cause the actual physical poles to flip too. In which case, everything will be upside down. Uh, we don't actually know how <laughs> there is. Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Did, did I say, I wonder if Joe Biden's curly leg hairs would turn straight? I can't even believe I said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go it's ahead. Edge, man. I didn't That's mean to interrupt head. you, but I, I just, it just hit you. me. I, I just can't believe I said that.
1: Yeah, he only, he only,
0: he only gets straight when he's uh, near children in the pool.
1: So.
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's what he said. Whoa. Okay, hey, how about this? Uh, Max says, are aliens arriving on Earth? Uh, now... Man, there's a lot of disclosure stuff going on. You have got the Tic Tac videos. You've got uh, you got the Space Force coming out. You've got all kind of stuff. I mean, there's alien visitations everywhere. Skimwalker Ranch is proof of that. Right. Are they? They're not on this planet X, are they? Are they hiding behind it? Is there is there an invasion force behind Planet X?
1: It's possible that there was that the original Revelation Twelve event was a battle between two different extraterrestrial races, I don't think, but I don't think they were evolved. I think they were created. Um, Probably a humanoid race or maybe an angelic race fighting Mm -hmm. against a physical race, Mm -hmm. maybe the reptilians. Um, It's probably an angelic race of spirits versus reptilian race made of flesh. And the reptilian race tried to take over, uh, usurp the king, the throne of God, and they were defeated and they were cast down. And so they were thrown down to earth. And possibly other planets, such as Mars, which might might also be one of their bases. By the way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: whoa! I, I I talk about that in a, in a second if you want.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But basically, there in the Revelation 12 event, this is basically might be a space war between two different types of beings: one spiritual and one physical. Mm-hmm. And the spiritual one won, and the, the reptilian physical ones were cast down into um, to other planets, and they're always trying to get back to Planet X to take it over and in fact maybe trying to do it right now
0: yeah in fact i think i i think i actually have a picture of a planet x inhabitant let me see if i can pull him up this is supposedly taken on planet x uh of an inhabitant let's take a look <laughs> the Gorn. so there there it looks to me like this guy's on planet x doug so i mean i don't know if it's a barren wasteland or, or a bunch of people coming down here trying to get us but we got to watch out for that all right here's another question for you it says um When did Planet X last pass through our uh, solar system?
1: Two thousand years ago, when it appeared as the star of Bethlehem. Prior to that, it appeared as a star that heralded the birth of Abraham around 2000 BC. Also around that time, um, uh, the Sumerian civilization civilization was destroyed by an asteroid. I figured that out when um, there was actually. I, I read an article. I think it was Scientific American or something they found in the 1980s there was an asteroid crater in southeastern Iraq, which was uh, ancient Babylon uh, and Sumer. Mm-hmm. And it was such a large crater that an asteroid apparently had hit that area and blew away all of ancient Sumer, uh, and particularly the uh, city of Ur, which was the great capital of Sumer. And it explains why they, uh, around 2000 BC, mm-hmm. probably not long after Abraham was brought out of Sumer,
2: mm-hmm. he
1: actually uh, was brought out of Ur of the Chaldees, the same um, city that was destroyed by fire from heaven in the Mesopotamian texts. The Sumerians have these lamentation texts.
2: Mm-hmm. Where they
1: talk about how their god Enlil appeared in heaven and threw down like fire on top of them and destroyed uh, the city of Ur and uh, much of Sumer. My theory, I talked about this in chapter six in my, in my book on Planet X, is that um, they actually uh, the, the 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 event that happened that destroyed Ur and uh, thank you Planet X, the sign of the son of man in the end of the age which you can see at www.planet-x.info.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the Book of Job actually recalls the same events where um, both the Sumerians and also Job and his children were also destroyed by the same asteroid strike because the events described in the Lamentation Texts of Ancient Sumer describe uh, the similar events where you have uh, of, of fire burning everything. Actually, it's a, they call it a wind from the wilderness in, in, in Job. And the same situation happened in ancient Sumer, or the, like this: massive uh, wind, very powerful wind, which would correspond to the blast wave of the asteroid. After which followed heat, like fire, and then flooding. Same thing happened in the same um, same order in the Book of Job. Uh, that explains why the, everything was blown down when, when the great wind, the blast wave from the asteroid, struck the uh, Job's house and, and buried all of his children. That's what that was. It was a blast wave from an asteroid impact. And then the fire from the heat burned everything that was left and then um, since The asteroid struck in the marshlands of southeastern Iraq with mm-hmm. a lot of water A lot of that water was thrown up and came down in massive flooding rains, which basically flooded out everything else and so my, my uh, chapter six of my book I make these parallels saying that um, These are both the same events happening for two different perspectives one was Joe was from the monotheistic Hebrew perspective mm-hmm. and um, the Lamentation texts saw from the uh, polytheistic perspective. That is to say, they believe the gods in heaven, particularly Enlil, which was the sky god that replaced Anu, the previous being, which corresponds to planet X. Uh, Enlil is the same, this was considered to be a star in the sky or actually a planet, as was Anu who preceded him. And both of them, I believe by some, to actually correspond to planet X. And so my theory is that planet X would have entered into the solar system around 2000 BC, scattered around a lot of asteroids, and one of those struck ancient Sumer, destroying ancient Sumer, and also Job, and a number of other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, not long after that, uh, after Abraham left where the Chaldees, which he left right before this impact, probably, if he had stayed there, he would have been killed by him. Um, lot was also in Sodom, and Sodom, if he had not been brought out of Sodom, he would have been destroyed by the uh, mm-hmm. asteroid material that struck Sodom. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of asteroidal and small debris impacts. So they believe that yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah actually yeah, destroyed I, I,
0: well, I'll tell you balls what. of sulfur. Good. Yeah. No, I was going to say uh, Pete Buttigieg's. Ans- he's still mad about his ancestors about that. <laughs> um, we got this question here. It says, uh, "Does you have? Do you have any information on the elitist elect building inner Earth fortifications for when all this goes down?"
1: I don't have any special information on that, but you can be assured that they are.
0: All right. Um, will Mars come close to Earth again?
1: Mars will never come close to Earth again unless it's affected by a Planet X type object.
0: So
1: It's pla- in a fixed uh, circular orbit, which will probably never change.
0: So Planet, planet X uh, isn't going to have any gravitational pull on, on, on Mars? Before if it, it passes Earth? near
1: Mars, it might uh, significantly affect it. It might even throw it out of the solar system. It's mm-hmm. close enough. It could, uh, if it comes close enough to an, a terrestrial object or a planet that's relatively small, it could actually throw it out of the solar system or just into the sun. Now,
0: now do you call uh, it Do you call it Nibiru or Nibiru? I hear it all the time I, on the internet.
1: It's Nibiru, which means planet of the crossing. Nibiru? Yeah, I don't really use the term, but that's how it's pronounced. Okay. It's three letters. It's three, like, well, siligra- well, siligrams are well, or they're calling. Yeah, well, see.
0: Nibiru. I, I, okay. Well, I like Nibiru. Because it kind of like rolls, buru. You, you can know? go on Nabooru if you want. Okay, thanks, man. Um, will they add the DNA from the fallen angels into the human people? Is that what they're doing, Doug? They've
1: been doing it the entire time. They've been modifying it the entire time. There's never been a time when they haven't been doing it. Mm-hmm. There, are just, there are periods where they are upping the modification. Like, for example, during the time of Abraham, it was uh, believed that the, the fallen angels... Um, coming down to inter- interbreeding with mankind. Um, you know, giants were on the earth, uh, as it says in the Bible, giants were on the earth in those times before the flood and also mm-hmm. afterwards. Right. it was called in the Bible, uh, from Genesis 12 onwards, the iniquity of the Amorites. The Amorites were a people who invaded ancient Canaan and took over the region and forced the local peoples to abandon their god, whose name was El,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and had uh, they instead um, took upon the worship of uh, Baal and Asherah. Mm-hmm. that's where the Baal and Asherim came from they were from the Amorites and the Amorites um, were also interbreeding with fallen angels so that um, they were no longer truly human their offspring were actually what we were called the giants um, genetically mm-hmm. modified peoples who were no longer truly human mm-hmm. and so when God said we have to go into Canaan and destroy everyone there he wasn't saying commit genocide on humanity
2: mm-hmm.
1: he was saying commit genocide on these alien hybrids mm-hmm. because um these people were no longer human and are actually threat to the, to the earth because as giants, they were designed specifically to destroy Homo sapiens and wipe us all out. That was their purpose. And so it was either them or it was us. And so this, God decided, well, I'm not going to send another flood, so we'll just send the Israelites in to wipe out mm-hmm. this particular group and then um, we won't have to worry about the spread of the of the giants again. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we'll have to send another flood or maybe a fire or maybe just give up and start mm-hmm. a planet
0: mm-hmm uh i was speculating earlier that kamala harris may have come from one of those ancient tribes maybe the Kamalakites. <laughs> just saying <laughs> she probably did the whole <laughs> no never mind no daniel don't go there don't go well wait a minute that's kind of good i got a good one lined up for that one all right well, here we go um now you said earlier in the first hour doug that you had a very specific dr- dream or a vision was it a dream or a vision
1: uh, it was a vision it was a waking dream like a vision I could see it, um, it one of, one of the, I think what had happened was it was very similar to, to one of Daniel's the other Daniel the older one one of his visions and I'm not saying a prophet I'm just telling you this is what mm-hmm. I saw
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it didn't tell me anything about the future it was telling me about me and, and now mm-hmm. um, I, I, I had not I've been only unable to sleep for three days I had this kind of weird flu thing maybe like a COVID-18 or something. I don't know what it was. This was March of uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. And I could not sleep for three days. My heart was racing. And I was taking flu medicine and all kinds of stuff. And on the on the third day of the morning, I was I had to take off from work because I was just dying. And I was, literally just felt like I was dying. And I was sitting in my easy chair in my front room. And, after the, and just, just totally out of it. I was in this weird dream state. I was like, not asleep, not awake. And off to my left there came this looked like a television screen this long snaky like uh, cord and um, what appeared on there was too weird to tell on here but uh, basically I saw demons who were threatening me and saying "This, this something wicked this way comes basically so I felt I knew something bad was happening someone was casting very powerful spells and they were specifically targeting me some of them Because they sensed, I think the area I live in might be of special significance, and so um, they were trying to spiritually take over this area and boot me out. Uh, They failed to do so because my God is greater. But uh, the the threat is still there, and there's still a problem in this area, the area I live. It's west of Chicago. I won't tell you exactly where, but I think this is a spiritually and strategically significant area I live in, which may become a battleground for powerful forces in the end times.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the reason I want to go back to that, because I, I, I feel like um, while we have a Planet X coming through here, you got asteroids, all these things we're talking about are, are celestial objects. But then I would think as we get closer to catastrophic events, that spiritual events would start to manifest more than what they do and in more bolder terms. Uh, yes. maybe somebody will be maybe we'll see somebody literally raise the dead or uh, see open visions and various things I, I think that on the measure for instance in the movie armageddon with uh, bruce willis there's the big asteroid but then there's the 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 smaller parts of it that are hitting earth first right so uh, i'm thinking as this giant uh planet comes in and these uh parts of it the asteroid belt or whatever hit going to hit us before that i'm thinking wouldn't say if Jesus is returning, he would say in spiritual terms, he would be the asteroid, but the hits would be these major spiritual impacts in people's lives, maybe directing them where to go, what to do, maybe special powers, spiritual. This is when you see where I'm going with this. So I wanted to kind of infuse that more into the broadcast because I think, I mean, my personal belief is that's gonna happen. That perhaps maybe there's a nuke going off and a certain group of people are gonna walk right through it and they won't have the smell of nuclear, uh, blast on them you know I'm going with that so if you were given this sort of warning uh, do you think that others have been getting smaller doses of these sort of meteor impacts spiritual meteor impacts in their life maybe they need to recognize them that they, they may be getting similar messages
1: God will send them uh, messages when the time is appropriate I th- I was told in my mind in my heart that what I was experiencing was was a microcosm what the church will soon experience. So basically I'm like a lead element, to like a scout who sees what's happening first. And um, since I'm more aggressive than most spiritually, I was, t- I was hit the hardest. Um, what I was told was that um, I was going to get hit the hardest, I was going to take the most damage. But I'm like a shield of the church, I'm, I'm the first defense, I'm one of the first lines of defense. And people like me too, and so I was like God's shield it was used to protect the church and so I got a heavy hit so that the church was not damaged very little or at all
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I think the next, the next wave will be even heavier I don't know if I'll be able to hold them off
2: mm-hmm.
1: myself, people like me and so the church will be more affected and you'll have what you're seeing visions like that mm-hmm. um, think of me as like the Enterprise with my shields being mm-hmm. attacked by the door it's just too much for me to handle
0: Or, or in Celestial? but afterwards
1: once they get past me uh, mm-hmm. Earth is at risk and then I'll start really feeling it
0: or in planetary terms, sort of like the moon, which just happens to be perfectly positioned to take a whole lot of meteor strikes that have not reached Earth because the moon's been taking them. So planetarily speaking, you're like a moon for the church taking some serious hits.
1: Yes, right, How that's you had, like... analogy. and that's what it is for too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's yeah. actually designed to absorb the asteroid impacts.
0: Okay, now, quite a few. now the moon is strategic, clearly strategically placed there to defend the earth. So mm-hmm. that means, based on this, my analogy here, that you've been strategically placed, placed within the church. Uh, why you? What do you think that is? Why are you placed in this position? When we moved
1: here when I was a kid, um, I actually bought my parents' house from them, the fixing it up, and ever since, I, I wondered, there were nicer places to live, but this house, we came here for some reason, I never understood why, but now I see why, I think it's, to use a ghost Ghostbusters term, we're right in the middle of Spook Central here. I mean, this is
2: mm-hmm.
1: spiritually significant area that we didn't even know it. And we uh, are my, maybe kind of the priests and holders of the traditions of this area because I had been, the way my walk went, it was like a door opened to here and then everything behind it shut. I had to come here, back here to where I spent most of my childhood to help defend it against something that was coming, something wicked this way comes. And I was not. I was not wrong. There's some bad people moving into this area over the last mm-hmm. few years,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I think it's it's an area where the left is trying to take over and turn it into a mm-hmm. kind of a model left wing uh,
0: now, area. Now, now, honestly, Doug, uh, you're kind of looking like a monk. You got a little monkish going on there. Uh, you got you got the shirt there makes you look like a Knights Templar. So what's going on? What's going on with Doug? This actually well? a Jedi robe. <clears throat> I mean, I like the look, man. I think you, you know that'd been better. You should have wore that the whole show, man. That looks great. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A little, there you go. I am your father. The more
1: serious. <laughs> well, this isn't regular. One. The Jedi wrote what, well, what's, what's,
0: what's going on? What's going on with you?
1: Um, well, I'm, I'm uh, starting a new monastic order. I'm calling it Ordo Sacra Stella, which means Order of the Sacred Star, and uh, it's basically kind of a lay uh, monastic tradition where we kind of go out and and pray and, and get away from society and go into the wilderness and reflect on the Bible and traditions and see how society is affecting us and preparing the way for Christ's second coming in, in a sense, where we take the Bible seriously and try to encourage people to move away from uh, the cities, move into the wilderness, and um, mm-hmm. meet with God in a real way. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And the term, order the sacred star, means order the sacred star means we're looking for the, the sign of the second coming, which I think is Planet X. And that's kind of the root of our study, and the, the return of Christ and the second coming is basically uh, the main focus of the order.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, seemed like a few years ago there was a movement to prepare people to move to a certain place in Israel that people said was, uh, I don't know, it was Zion? Is it like a rock city? You know what I'm talking about? Petra? Yeah, Petra. Uh, there yeah, I like it was not going a, to
1: Petra. That would be a death trap.
0: I was going to say, um, it seemed like it was a movement. Now, have they switched from Petra to, say, the Ark, the Ozarks?
1: Yeah, I think the Ozarks. People have speculated the Ark of the Covenant was actually hidden there somewhere, which is not impossible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's possible that they came all the way across and hid it here because it's much safer here than it would be um in the ancient we'll, well, be, well
0: be careful down there be careful down there i was in the Arks not too long ago and, and gotten got got uh got into it with some bigfoot activity down there um and now they must feel safe too because nobody can bother them all right here we go um oh by well, jimmy uh jimmy says uh, doug keep us updated when you move to the ozarks preferably south central missouri
1: why not why south central jimmy Is it near branson
0: Yeah, Jimmy, in live chat, why south-central Missouri? Now, he may live there, I don't know. All right, uh, did Planet X bring in the flood that brought about Noah's Ark? Probably
1: did, actually. Um, The flood was probably caused by asteroidal activity. Um, When it says the fountains of the deep opened up, uh, most of the Earth's mantle is actually made up of um, what are called um, hydrous minerals, which are minerals which are partly composed of water. Mm -hmm. Uh, mainly called olivine and pyroxene, And when an asteroid strikes the Earth, it compresses uh, the mantle rocks, and it forces the water out of those rocks. And they have nowhere to go but up, so you have these gigantic fountains going from underneath the mantle and through the crust up above the Earth and possibly into space, Mm -hmm. depending on how much pressure is exerted. And so, when you have, um, probably that's what caused the fountains of the Deep 12, that was a massive asteroid impact. Also, if an asteroid struck the Earth at an angle, it would probably, Cause the Earth's crust to dislodge, like I mentioned earlier, and would actually cause uh, the Earth's um, oceans to slosh over their normal boundaries. So you'd have gigantic waves flooding entire continents, or parts of them, because of that. And so one asteroid strike could literally uh, flood the entire Earth immediately with waves or with uh, massive amounts of water gushing out from Earth's mantle or possibly even striking in the ocean itself and sending so much water Up in the atmosphere, everything around is flooded for basically the entire atmosphere. And so one good-sized asteroid could have done it. Many asteroids would have made it, for sure. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, Probably, my theory is known, was actually probably uh, originally, uh, uh, his arc was probably originally located in, in the eastern Mediterranean basin. The Mediterranean basin or the Mediterranean Sea was actually a dry land area. Um, which was and it was protected from water from the Atlantic Ocean by what was called the Atlantic wall It was believed by scientists who have studied this area that there was a massive Collapse of the Atlantic wall and the entire Mediterranean Mediterranean basin was filled in with water mm-hmm. That's why it's a sea now instead of land, but in ancient times the the basin was actually dry and There's actually megaliths all over the floor all around the floor of the mm-hmm. of the Mediterranean proving that there once the Mediterranean basin was in fact once above water um, and probably what happened to probably Noah's um, The Ark was caught in that massive wave of the Atlantic wall uh, collapsing the wave that caused all the ancient world to basically be uh, On uh, the Mediterranean to be drowned and he probably rode that wave up to uh, what is now Mount Ararat. Um Probably uh, the Garden of Eden was probably located in the Eastern Mediterranean also mm-hmm. uh, that now, that's buried now but it would make sense because the Tigris and Euphrates they point in that direction. The Nile also points in that direction.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
1: also a river, I think, in, in near Sinai Peninsula that points in that direction also. Mm-hmm. So the original Garden of Eden was probably north of uh, the um, delta of Egypt somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere between there and uh, Phoenicia. Mm-hmm. And so probably that entire ancient civilization, which might have been higher than either Egypt or Phoenicia or any ancient uh, civilization, by was way, totally yeah. destroyed by this giant wave and completely buried.
0: Somebody in the live chat said that that uh, cheap piece of crap Chinese rockets head into the Mediterranean. Rainy and interesting. Um, is Louisville, Kentucky becoming a key for evil operations now? Doug, I'm just, I'm just outside of Indianapolis. Uh, I like to call India no place. Yeah. But from a, uh, from a uh, spiritual point of view, looking at geographical bastions of evil, it is in Diana Palace. That means in <laughs> Diana the goddess city, mm-hmm. the city of Diana, which of course is right. a mythological Greek goddess, but who knows if they're really mythological or real entities of demons masquerading as these people, probably some kind of hideous creature. So I may be near one of these epicenters of evil. And then, of course, we got Louisville, and they've always, seem like they keep breaking out in riots. Is, is that another hot spot? Uh,
1: Indianapolis, you're right. It, it is a Masonic, uh, a major Masonic center, and they named it after Diana. So you're right on target there. Um, they're probably going to be, um, wherever you have a pre-Masonic stronghold, you're going to have a centralization on New New World Order type power, so you're, you're on target there. We've known about this for decades, and we've been studying. I mean, you and I have been on, on the Fringe for, what, since uh, 1998 mm-hmm. or something? Yeah,
0: a long time. I've been here
1: since 98. You've been there maybe shortly afterwards. Mm-hmm. When did your show start? Was it like 2000? 2004. 2004. Okay, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm I older and fringier than you are.
0: So well, look at that. <laughs> and I, see that's what you, you can tell because you you got the monk coat and I don't.
1: You gotta you gotta be fringy to wear the monk outfit, especially a Jedi monk outfit. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty clear that the the New World Order is making their move. They got a plan, it's being executed, and if you're not ready for it, you're gonna all become their slave or maybe be dead. And so uh, don't assume everything is okay because it's definitely not. They're making their move and you gotta be ready for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, now uh, a lot of scary stuff tonight. Got, you got Planetoids coming at us. You got evil cities rising up, unleashing the black awakening. Uh, you got Lori Lightfoot running crazy up there with those big dark sunken eyeballs. Uh, you got Joe by me out there. Uh, he's always saying uh, i'm gonna get in trouble i guess he's talking about he's gonna get in trouble with his masters i don't know i thought he was leader of the free world but evidently somebody's master him because he's always worried about getting in trouble how do you like that he's for a leader? A how do you like it how do you like that for a leader i might get in trouble <laughs> what what's the matter with you that's what i want to say but anyway, so i mean so we got all this stuff this is a little bit dark kind of about as dark as planet x can you bring any hope to this message
1: well, the hope is Jesus Christ and salvation by Jesus. He's the only way out of the situation. The door is closing on if you'll be able to be saved. Um, so you need to reconsider maybe my hedonistic lifestyle wasn't the best choice. Maybe I should take Christianity more seriously and look at my spiritual life rather than just my physical. Mm-hmm. Stop worrying about accumulating things and worry about accumulating treasures in heaven. By
2: mm-hmm.
1: Allowing the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to work through you to accomplish good deeds, to help people. Um, to study the times and understand uh, what's going on be a good watchman on the wall and warn people hey this is not okay we have to be careful and maybe be prepared to leave the cities and even leave civilization in order to survive what's coming I'm not saying pack up your bags and and, uh, just move to a cave somewhere in the Ozarks I'm saying put together a vacation home with some friends a little community where you can go to and with your friends and family and kids just go out there and get used to the uh, Uh, the country life because you might have to in some time in the near future do that in order to survive.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So if you do that, you'll to be prepared and you all you have to do is take that one last journey out Mm -hmm. of civilization and watch it collapse from the comfort of your cabin.
0: Now, now you were, you were kind of hedging on the demon that came out of your TV on a string thing there. You said it was not fit for the viewing public here.
1: It, it didn't come out on my TV. It was like a TV-shaped image.
0: Okay, like a TV image. But you said it was rude or gross enough or crazy enough that... It could... It's just
1: weird. It's difficult to describe on TV. It was very strange. Uh, I can tell you about the one of them. Okay, good. Um, one of them appeared... Actually, I can, tell you, I can tell you a couple of things. I can tell you okay, one of them. One of them looked like a frog-like being that was not unlike Jar Jar Binks. And another one was basically the Rolling Stones lips but on, on on the end of a very, very long, snake-like body. And uh, it occurred to me when I saw him, I just called him the mouth, was that uh, it was basically the rolling stone's lips with a really huge, lolling tongue, and he said he was going to devour me, okay? And so I realized later when I was reading the Bible that this was actually the, the demon called the devourer. And what he does is, he's, God sends the devourer to judge people and, and civilizations by stealing away the fertility of the land by devouring it from beneath it actually says in one of the later prophets that when God sends to the devourer what he does is he this demon takes all this you know natural energy away from the plants and and the animals and people and devours it and, and the crops will die due to lack of energy and also calves will be born stillborn and also humans and so um, that was one of the one of the beings I saw and uh, I managed to, to fight him off. It wasn't, I actually just it was interesting because we had a kind of a mutual respect, we knew each other were both very powerful, so he just kind of backed off and he realized who I was. And also, um, the second one was the Jar Jar Banks character, it was actually interesting because it was like he was bringing this evil energy out of the earth and spreading it all over northern Illinois, and it just like he was preparing the way for. An invasion of powerful spiritual forces like he was seeding the land. And that's why I think this area is being prepared for a major influx of, of evil by powerful uh, occult forces is because that is what I think he was preparing it for. And there was, of course, the uh, the third vision of the evil monks who were, who were drinking blood probably from aborted children because I had a feeling they were also eating bits of aborted baby. I'm sorry to have to say that and cursing my name while they were doing it. They were cursing me by name. And so I felt that for that reason and others that I'm actually kind of a guardian of this area. And they saw me as kind of in the way. And so they were trying to destroy mm-hmm. me and are still doing so to this day.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, now do you, in your area, do you do walkabouts? Prayerabouts, I guess?
1: I should start doing it. I did a about today just to do reconnoitre of the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also um, uh, a member of the association here so I help uh, manage the area Mm -hmm. I don't like to do a lot of spiritual things because we live in an area which is very liberal yeah and uh, people are not very religious and so they don't like that but
0: Mm -hmm. I do what I can yeah well I'm I'm, I'm trying to see if we can crank down a little bit to why this such a uh, manifestation occurred in your house have you had any other manifestations like that since
1: no, no, I okay. had the feeling that that was it.
0: And, and I, I tried yeah. to pin you down earlier is to you know, we discussed the moon, the moon analogy that you're taking his, hits from outside. But what's Doug Elwell? I mean, I mean, are you, is your prayer, you have a heavy duty prayer life? You inflict, aren't you, wouldn't that mean that you somewhere along the line, you're inflicting damage on the enemy and they don't like it? I'm
1: inflicting damage on an enemy like a well fortified castle that they're trying to storm. And so I'm not attacking them; I'm defending against them with rocks and molten bull.
0: But they came. Molten, they, but you know, they came, but they came at you. What you're saying is they came at you pretty heavy.
1: It was a very powerful attack. It was unusual. I mean, I've been spiritually attacked before, but this was big. Mm-hmm. I mean, they threw everything they had at me. It was with the kitchen sink, and I managed to, to survive it. But it took a heavy toll. I was very sick for a while, and it really hurt me physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus saved it from me. He um, he, he basically, you know, protected me from the worst of it, but I had a feeling that it was a test for me to see if I could handle powerful attacks
0: like that. Mm, I got you. I got you. Um, overbuilt automotive says, Doug, who do you think the two witnesses will be? I don't know. You think Enoch It'll will be, be one?
1: Probably Moses and Elijah returned. Oh. Uh what, what will happen is Moses and Elijah uh, by the way, um, not many people understand this, but when Jesus appeared with Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration, right, right before that, what he had said was, there are those among us who will never taste death. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, he shows up with Moses and Elijah right next to him on the Mount. What not many people understand was the people he was talking about who will not taste death were probably Moses and Elijah. Because I think they have been with him the entire time as his mm-hmm. invisible guards. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Elijah never died, and so he was probably hanging out with Jesus and walking around with him invisibly, protecting him from who knows what while he did mm-hmm. his ministry. I think maybe Moses was also there, too. It might mm-hmm. be that he was actually uh, taken up or maybe resurrected.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He never died either, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: it might be that he was resurrected rather than directly translated, mm-hmm. um, because uh, Moses is a very similar um, pairing with Elijah. And some people believe that he was actually resurrected later and continues to live to this day. And so these two will come down to the earth and become visible, and they will have the ability to fight off all of our forces using probably very powerful technology, mm-hmm. or spiritual technology or something. Mm-hmm. And that will allow them to uh, survive even the worst mm-hmm. attacks of mankind. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, now, Enoch didn't die either, did he?
1: Enoch was taken up uh, just like Elijah was. He mm-hmm. was, after 365 years of life, he was taken up and uh, he never returned. Mm -hmm. some people think that the two witnesses are Enoch and Elijah but I think they're Moses mainly because in Malachi in the last uh, the last chapter of Malachi um, Moses and Elijah are paired up as kind of a pair Mm -hmm. and we see this pairing of beings throughout uh, salvation history when God came down to visit Abraham he he had a pair of angels or angelic beings with him those are probably Moses and Elijah too or the pre-incarnate Moses and Elijah possibly Who knows exactly But when Jesus comes down or, or God comes down We have the pre-incarnate Christ We have the pre-incarnate Moses And the pre-incarnate Elijah probably along with him And so these two might be a pairing That go along with Jesus Wherever he goes Just like the two are they are The two powerful spirits on the Ark of the Covenant That's the two cherubim These are those two powerful angels So Two cherubim on the top of the Ark of the Covenant represent two powerful beings who are two of the most powerful beings in the universe. One represents, in my opinion, righteousness, and the other represents judgment. Uh, Elijah's righteousness and Moses' judgment. And so uh, that pairing of powerful angels, um, that spirit became flesh in Moses and Elijah, just as a powerful spirit came in flesh, uh, the Son of God came in flesh as a man. So these two became born into flesh as well, and they lived lives on earth perhaps as Aloisus and Elijah, maybe John the Baptist was one of them. Who knows what's going on? Enoch. Uh, but basically you have some, uh, two very interesting and unusual characters who have risen above the typical uh, herd. They have very weird and different characteristics, unusual capabilities, even for holy men, and their ability to um, transcend space and time and possibly move throughout time. Could be they're moving backwards and forwards in time to be with Jesus at various mm-hmm. points in history. Who knows what's going on with those guys? I suspect they have in possession of very powerful technology, which will allow them to do practically anything. And I talk about this in my book, The Riddle of the Sphinx. Some of the materials, what is, I believe is buried very the Sphinx is actually a very um, powerful supercomputer in the form of a sapphire stone, which contains all knowledge inside of it, um, written using a laser. Uh, we have this technology now, it's called an optical hard drive. And uh, the optical hard drives can hold so much data that they can literally hold all knowledge even by modern standards. So I, what I suspect is underneath the the Sphinx in the Hall of Records so-called, mm-hmm. is actually um, these optical hard drives, which worn on the head will actually write data directly to your mind. And uh, that's how the ancient gods of the ancient times were able to have godlike abilities and knowledge is because they had these supercomputers that would do things for them and give them what look like godlike abilities but were actually only very high technology which allowed them to do special things mm-hmm. and so uh, the two witnesses will probably wear um, have these uh, the technologies with them and allow them to do amazing feats including um, breathe fire or more accurately mean mm-hmm. possibly being shoot lasers and destroy mm-hmm. anyone who tries to hurt them
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I see now the, the, the reason for your your, your coat there. Uh, that seems like something that they would wear. So you're trying to blend in with them. I see.
1: Well, yeah, they'd be kind of monk-like. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they'd be like Jedi. though.
0: Okay, well, we've been talking about a lot of things, but we're talking about this book written by you, mm-hmm. Planet X, The Sign of the Son of Man, and The End of the Age. Uh, looks like it's got seven chapters. Can you give us a real quick synopsis on each one of these seven chapters, Doug?
1: Chapter 1 talks about the uh, God's conflict with the dragon in the sea. Mm-hmm. It's basically, uh, the whole book is designed to explain to people what the creation is all about. The concepts, the context of the ancient Near East, what the Bible is actually saying about the creation. And the context is um, that uh, in the ancient Near East, the creation of the earth was described universally, and even in the Bible, as a conflict between uh, some kind of heavenly sky god appeared in God in the heavens as a star or a planet
2: mm-hmm.
1: And the earth which was personified as a dragon and so um, In this battle this divine conflict uh, For example in the Elish, which was the Babylonian epic They described the conflict between the sky god and the dragon as a conflict between their god Marduk uh, and a dragon named Tiamat and in this battle the dragon fought against Tiamat defeated her, cut off her head, and used it to form the Earth, um, and it took the rest of her body to form what was called the hammered bracelet, or the raucous, which was like a circle of rocks in heaven, which corresponds to the asteroid belt, according to the Sitchin approach, which I agree with. And so, um, that is the core concept of, of the, the uh, ancient and eastern concept, mm-hmm. and biblical concept of the creation as a result of a battle between two planets in heaven, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, corresponding to a god, a sky god and a dragon.
0: Okay, so that's chapter 1.
1: That's chapter 1. Right. Chapter 2 is about nature um, ancient eastern, eastern cosmos. You know, I, I have to look that up okay, i forgot what it was. Astronomical religions, yeah. It talks about how the astronomical religions of the ancient East, how they all worshipped the planets as gods. And so when you have to understand this that the, the ancients saw everything as a manifestation of deity. And the planets were the highest manifestation. And so When they talk about things in the heavens, they're talking about gods. And so the ancient Mm -hmm. or saw planets like Earth or um, this other planet, Planet X, Jupiter and Saturn, etc., as gods, which sometimes came into conflict with each other. And so when people look at these uh, ancient or ancient texts, you're supposed to uh, interpret the Bible in the context of these texts. And so they're not doing it. They're applying Western uh, point of view on it, or Greek, Mm -hmm. which doesn't work. They need to think of it in terms of, gods in the heavens battling mm-hmm. each other for supremacy and conflicts, and, and gods being killed
0: and, mm-hmm. and divided up. So chapter 2 is about these gods?
1: It's about the gods and how the, the, the ancients studied astronomy and astrology and believed that the planets were gods. That's okay. basically what chapter 2 is about.
0: Okay, chapter 3? So chapter
1: 1, God's conflict with the dragon in the sea, God is battling a dragon. Okay. Chapter 2, um, the planets were considered to be gods. Okay. And then you get to chapter 3, you talk about the Magi mm-hmm. and talk about how they followed the star, which they believed was a god in heaven. And so, when they followed the star, they they were looking for the god in heaven, which would be born on earth. And they believed that this was the god, probably, Mazda, or, or uh, Marduk, or whatever, one of the gods they worshipped. They believed that Jesus was the incarnation of one of the high gods of the ancient Pantheons. Um, the Persians um The Major Persians and their high god of the Persian pantheon was named Ahura Mazda. And he was also symbolized by this winged disc with a man sitting in the middle of that disc. And so they believed that this man in in the middle, sitting in this disc with the wings and everything, similar to the one you showed earlier, they believed that that man had been born in flesh on earth as a living god. And they worshipped him as probably Ahura Mazda, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the god of the Bible. But they gave him the gifts of fr- myrrh, frankincense, and gold, mm-hmm. because um, that is what Jesus needed to accomplish his ministry. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting that, um, in kind of an insult to the people at the time, the Israelites at the time, that they had no idea that God had been born. But these pagan idolaters, priests from, from ancient Persia, mm-hmm. from where they had escaped, they knew all about it. And he knew what, exactly what he was and where to find him. Okay. All right. So, so this so is a slap in the face of, these, uh, of the ancient priests okay. Okay, so of Israel because right. they had no idea. All
0: right. That brings us to Chapter 4.
1: Uh, chapter 4 is talking about, uh, forgive me, it's been a while. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Went on high, that uh, talks about Enum Elish. That's the Sitchin interpretation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it goes to the Zechariah Sitchin interpretation of how the planets were formed out of a solar nebula. What they're talking mm-hmm. about in Enum yeah. They say that in the beginning it was this vast watery mass mm-hmm. which surrounded the central deity and it was named Apsu. Ooh. And out of this vast mass of waters, um, the planets formed. That's actually a very good interpretation of how the, actually, the planets actually formed, is because in the beginning, uh, when our star, uh, the Sun, began to form, it would gradually collapse on each other itself by uh, collective mm-hmm. gravity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as it began to collapse together, it began to spin. And from that yeah. spin, became this huge mass of gas and dust, which spread out for many millions of miles as far as Pluto, or, or Neptune. Yeah. And from that uh, mass of disk, which was partly made of water, uh, the planets formed And So, for the, the Sumerians to be translated according to modern science, yeah. they actually understood that the solar nebula, uh, that, that the, 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 the planets were formed out of this vast disk. Yeah, so, so, and and Doug, so they, Doug Eagle... they understood that from,
0: okay. from All right. The, so, So, right, so you go on to talk about the creation of the solar system, uh, Planet X and the giant impact, uh, Mm -hmm. man in the Tower of Babel, the star of the crossing, and a lot of good stuff in chapter 4. That brings Mm -hmm. us to chapter 5. In the beginning, the biblical creation material reinterpreted. What's uh, the quickest synopsis on that?
1: We'll go a quick one. Basically, that's reinterpretation of the Bible in the context of the first four chapters, especially in the fish. Translation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is supposed to be thought of as a divine creation conflict. And I go through all the major passages in, in Isaiah, Job, and a few other places where they talk about the conflict, of the creation as being kind of a conflict between God and a dragon. Psalm 74 being an obvious description. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also uh, Isaiah 27, 1 where he talks about God will return in the end times to fight Leviathan once more. And so that wow. means he fought Leviathan in the beginning we will also uh, fight him again in the end i guess so. if you're
0: going to kill him man you you, you it's, it's kind of like that movie uh with the rock in it uh doom he says next time you kill a zombie make sure he stays dead so so <laughs> that's right leviathan
1: k- will rise again in the end Thomas.
0: so somebody next time they kill leviathan somebody make sure he he he's dead that brings us to chapter six hmm.
1: chapter six is basically what i put in there it's kind of out of sequence because um It would naturally go from uh, Leviathan, the end times, to the final chapter about the end times. But the information in Job is so important, and there's so much material in Job, that I wanted to include it. Uh, There was so much creation material in Job, actually, and it corresponded so well with the name Elish, that I actually reinterpreted, and uh, actually literally reinterpreted, a lot of the book of Job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I reclassified it not as wisdom literature, but as actually the Hebrew creation epic, which corresponded to the Babylonian creation epic, it treated the same material that the Babylonian creation epic did. Instead, it, it treated it in, this, in the format of a conversation between God and man, which was monotheistic, versus the Babylonian creation epic, which was polytheistic. But hmm. same material for two different perspectives.
0: Wow, a lot of good stuff. Chapter seven, Planet X, the sign of the son of man. This is the, this is the big one, sign of the son of man in the end of the age, basically the subtitle of your book. What's going That's on right. with chapter seven?
1: So after having gone through all of these preliminary chapters to get you contextualized, no, you should be able to understand that what is actually happening. There's a planet going through in and out of our solar system every 2,000 years. It appeared in the star of Bethlehem. It appeared as the sign that uh, presaged the birth of Abraham. It appeared about 4,000 years to inaugurate the, um, probably, initiation of the Sumerian civilization. And they, they were obsessed with the star. In fact, their god, Anu, was actually symbolized by a, an 8-ray star and the, the, uh, called the din Gir. And actually all... The word, the letter gear which is the oldest letter in their alphabet, mm-hmm. was so closely associated with a star and God, it, it symbolized both a star, God, and heaven. And so, from the beginning, star, God, and heaven was at the center of the major pantheons of the ancient world. It was carried on to Babylon, Assyria, Persia, and all the way into the biblical time of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Every single time, it was also always, always this 8 rate star or this winged star. That, occurred, that came by every once in a while and inaugurated new ages of mankind. And I believe the next age of mankind will be God himself will come down from heaven to earth and dwell amongst mankind. That's when Jesus returns.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he'll have the second coming. Wow. There'll be opposition, of course, and the forces of the earth don't want this to happen. And so what it says in book Revelation, this second coming, with this great sign in the sky described in Matthew twenty-four thirty, which is probably planet X, is accompanied by some sort of an invasion fleet so you're going to have some kind of the space battle whether they're literally riding horses or literal chariots or oh. actual spaceships is unclear mm-hmm. but i think that the space force you mentioned earlier is designed to fight against this oncoming. so, so
0: our own american space force is going to lead the battle against jesus and and his army
1: america won't exist at that time it'll be uh, the beast system america mm-hmm. will be
0: Okay, um, Wait, oh, okay. I understand that that by that time, Joe me has already turned over our United States military to the new world order. I got you. I got you.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so it's basically God versus Satan. Yeah. God's army versus Satan's army. God's mm-hmm. planet versus Satan's
0: planet. Or God versus Democrats, same thing. Doug, well, I appreciate you coming on the Edge broadcast. Can we have you on again sometime?
1: Absolutely. If you're brave enough to have me on, I would love to come on.
0: I, I don't think we've said enough here to get kicked off YouTube. I'll certainly let you know once that once their algorithm runs through this and they they hear something about cooties 19. See, I mask it. Their algorithm can't catch cootie 19 because uh, <laughs> they get, they get confused. You, YouTube ain't that smart. Okay, even those stupid people get confused. Um, but now you've got a couple of things out there for us to, to, to be wondering about one is where you move when 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 are you going to move and you may not want to tell us where but maybe a general thing and, and then a confirmation I'm, I'm expecting that if you do move you're going to get some sort of confirmation and, and if you get any more spiritual attacks so there's several things we, we want to keep track of you on and uh, if that's being the case you can just uh, text me or email me and keep the folks here updated until we get you back on the show again
1: okay great that will be anytime soon, maybe in the next three to five years. Oh, okay. If we are appearing near the tribulation, then probably sooner rather than later.
0: Or if you have any more of the demonic attacks coming at you, like, like you described, that might motivate you to They'll, move a little quicker. That would be a, a sign. That, you move a little bit quicker on there. That's right. Or, by the way, does your cape, does it have, like, uh, deflector powers? <laughs> Unfortunately
1: not. I have... Probably have angels guarding me instead. That's okay. why I don't need electors, But
0: Okay. Uh, well, Doug, Ewell, knows what's actually happening. All right, Doug, well, I really appreciate you coming back on the show. Thank you. All Goodbye. Right,